first time. You knew your origin. Someday, somewhere, I'll make a difference. It's a mockery. I mean, we're not some some deep space franchise. This station is about something. The year is 2023. The name of the podcast: Babylon Five. For the first time. Welcome to Babylon 5 for the first time, not a Star Trek podcast. My name is Jeff Aiken, and I am watching Babylon 5 Season 3 for the first time. And I'm Brent Allen, and I, well, have watched Babylon 5 Season 3 for the first time. And Jeff, it is now time to take a break from the show just a little bit to collect our thoughts here about season three before moving on into season four. Jeff and I are two veteran Star Trek podcasters watching Babylon 5 for the very first time. We are three-fifths of the way through the show. We are searching for what we call Star Trek-like messages in the series and trying to decide how much we really like it. And this week, like I said, we're really talking about the season as a whole. Normally, in our show, this is where I introduce the rule of three, where we each get up to three references to Star Trek and no more and all that stuff. But this is our season three wrap-up, so we're not going to play that game, right? It's a special episode. We're looking back on the entirety of season three, and we're not going to have any restrictions whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. And so absolutely no games in this episode at all. This one's just going to be boring. Everyone sit around on the couch and look at each other while you nurse your drink. Respectfully and politely. Mm-hmm. Do it. <laughs> no, actually, Jeff, you know what that means we're going to be doing? We're going to be doing all of the Star Trek references. <laughs> like, we'll do every single one. Back to back to back to back to back. Didn't upset the community at all when we started talking about Picard at all. Not so at that's all. fine. Let's just, let's just do that here and just talk about that, Star Trek. Or Discovery. Or when we're like, wait, why are you talking about Star Trek now? Well, it's, it's we, we have, because we... We say it at the beginning of every episode. We are two veteran Star Trek. Anyway, I might be kidding. I think we're kidding. We're not going to be yes. doing all the Star Trek references, but you know what we are going to be doing? What? We're having a very exciting giveaway. Boop, boop, boop. Now, we've been talking about this for several weeks now, and here in a little bit, we are going to be giving away two of these amazingly awesome. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening to the audio podcast feed, Later, go to YouTube and check it out or just take my word for it. Awesome 3D printed Star Furies, which are just amazing. Look how big this is in my hand, Jeff. I know it's huge. You know what I mean? Like, like it fits right there in my hand. It's pretty good. It's really detailed. Our friend Wash did these for us. Uh, Jeff, are we going to give one of these away? No. No? I mean, we're going to give away two. Oh, we're giving we're away two. Get, uh, <laughs> First time ever in Babylon 5 for the first time history. Two giveaways Jeff, in can, the season can, So since we have two, can we go ahead and give away one right now? Do you want to? Let's do one right now. You want to do one right out of the gate? Right now. I know we keep, I know in past episodes, past wrap-ups, we like delay it, delay it, delay it. Let's do one right yeah, now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I got a spreadsheet over here. I have all the reviews in here. How did people sign up to, to win this, Jeff? So people signed up to win. This was the easiest thing in the world. They went to Apple Podcasts. They went to Podchaser. They went to Good Pods. They went to Audible. They left us a review. Uh, We got a bunch of five-star ones. We got a couple less than five-star ones. All incredible, all valid entries into this. Mm -hmm. 
But not only did they do that recently, people have been doing that since May of 2022. Is that when we started this whole thing? It's been like a year and a half. Not quite a year and a half, but almost. Wow. Feels Yeah, it's wild. So we're going all the way back. Anyone who's ever submitted a review is eligible for this. So I wish I had a cool sound effect for this. For the audio version, for those of you on YouTube, I will have a cool sound effect for this. <laughs> but for I now, can't wait to hear what it is. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear it either. All right, let's see. And our first winner of a Star Fury made by Wash is Sci-Fi Grandma. Sci-Fi Grandma. What's up, Granny? Now, Sci-Fi Grandma's the one that said that you and I were both being changed by the show and that our listeners and viewers were also being changed as a result of our change. I like it. What do you think, Jeff? I I don't, I don't, I honestly don't remember this, this review. Oh, okay. It was a while ago. It's been a while, but you guys know my memory with things like this. However, Jeff, I do want to ask, how do you feel like you're being changed by Babylon five? You know, honestly, I don't, well, I, I can't say it's not Babylon five, but the way I'm being changed is with the relationships that I've built with people in the community, yeah. specifically the people in our discord. I, I, I'm just, I am consistently like all the time blown away with the deeply personal stories that are shared that really help me see the world in a different way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, if anybody wants to join our discord, they can do that by going to patreon.com slash Babylon five first. That's the number five in the letter first. Nope. The word first, the word first that I'm going to get it one day, Jeff, one of these (laughs) days I'm going to get it, but Hey, you guys can go over there and do that. And uh, Jeff and I have a lot of fun hanging out with the folks over there. They are absolutely amazing. Uh, And you are too. uh, So come join us, join the fun. So grandma, Hey, listen, grandma, here's what we need you to do. We need you to email us your uh, mailing address and we will get this shipped out to you. Lickety split. Absolutely. Well, hey, Brent. Hey, Jeff. Why don't you wrap up? Let's play. Let's play a little game. We got to. This is good. I thought we weren't doing games this week. Well, that's what you thought. You were wrong. Let's do a game. You know what? Well, you know, typically at this part of the show, we've done the rule of three as a game and you read a couple of reviews and stuff like that. And then I usually say, uh, you know, this is the part of the show where we play a game later on in the part of the show where we predict what the next episode is going to be about. And now's the time to pay the piper and look back and see what we predicted last week that this week was going to be about, except this is not a show about an episode. This is a show about an entire season. So here's what we're going to do, Jeff. Last time during the season two wrap up, we predicted what we thought season three as a whole was going to be about. And now is the time. I'm sure we'll do that again for season four later on today. But now is the time to pay the piper and look back on what we said in season two. Season three was going to be about and just see how right we were. So, Jeff, do you remember what you said season three of Babylon five was supposed to be? And how close were you, given that we've now seen the whole thing? So I said that Babylon five was going to leave Earth, secede from Earth. Boom. Then I said that in the episode Point of No Return, because that was the, the name of the whole season, that that was where Sheridan was going to leave Earth. You were so close. Off by one. Well, but, but, but that Point of No Return, Messages from Earth, and Severed Dreams, which Point of No Return was in the middle. I, I did those out of order. Those are kind of like a, a its own little mini arc series. So you're kind of right. Right. And still off by one. I'll tell you where I was exactly right, though. What's that? 
as I said, he'd be very Picard in how he did it. And he would give people the opportunity who didn't feel good about it to just walk away. And one dude did. Well, yes, because they had to. There's a whole lot else that happened in this uh, season. I didn't even didn't even touch on. But uh, what about you? What did you think this one was going to be about? Yeah, uh, I said this is where the shadow war would erupt. We think the the war the war's on. Like it's officially on, right? They're in the open. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. And then I I predicted what you said. Um, although I think I said it first. You just put it into the uh, episode name. Uh, but I said that Babylon Five was going to break away from Earth. I don't remember what it was from season two, but I remember there was stuff, particularly in the last several episodes that was like Babylon five could operate independently. And there's been some maybe foreshadowing or something Mm -hmm. that kind of had my mind thinking like, what if Babylon five broke away from earth and became its own thing, given the way things were going. And, uh, Oh, and then I also said that they would become the hub for the resistance to the bad guys. And absolutely Babylon five is the hub for the resistance to the bad guys. They got a treaty and everything. Dude, you and I did great with predicting season three. The earth parts of it, at least like, yeah, sure. Sure. Didn't even get close to the mark on how this one ended, but we didn't get there for season two either. But wouldn't it be boring? Like you shouldn't be able to predict those beats. Like the, you should be able to predict the, the overall, you know, the, the high points, but there's gotta be some beats that are hidden and secret so that they just blow your mind. And I don't know about you, but this season did kind of blow my mind. Well, let's get into that, Jeff. Let's talk about our impressions from season three. Jeff, I'm going to toss this to you first. What did you think overall of season three? I believe season two, you compared it to season one, and you said that season one had like really high highs and really low lows, and there was nothing really in the middle, whereas season two was just kind of all right there in the middle. It's kind of what I said, although I think upon reflection, it's about half that was not great and a good half of that half I'll never watch again, probably. And then another half that was just like, holy crud, this is fantastic. This is incredible. Yeah, yeah. So what did you think of season three? Well, there's 22 episodes, right, in this thing, and I loved almost every single one of them. This was such a, I mean, this was an incredible season. Uh, We talked in season two, especially near the end, about not wanting like oh my gosh i can't wait to go watch the next one we cut off episodes like in our discussion you know so we finished recording the audio portion of this and then we hang out with people for a while afterwards and we cut that off more than once because we're just like want to talk want to hang out we have babylon 5 to watch yeah i can't wait to go do it this was so i i i loved i loved season three what about you well i you know i broke it down you said 22 episodes season three for me had seven absolutely outstanding episodes. It had four fantastic episodes. It had five really good episodes. It had another five good to okay episodes. And then, and and by the way, those good to okay episodes, if you place them in season one or two, would have been fantastic, right? Uh, and then this episode had one stinker of an episode that should be erased from people's minds altogether. 21 out of 22 episodes that were at least a positive reaction. Now, Jeff, back in season two, 
somebody posited that you and I were hired by some outside company to crap on the show and tank the reboot. If that's the case, after season three, you and I should be fired from that job. Which, by the way, check your email. Okay. <laughs> from HR. <laughs> I guess from HR. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Jeff, this was a damn good season. Yeah. It really was. There were so many surprises, but at the same time, nothing was out of left field. It all tracked within the story and the world that JMS has set up, which was absolutely fantastic. Seeing Sinclair come back was not a surprise. It was a, Oh, he's here. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, where did he come from? I thought he fell down. They seeded it so well in the second season where he popped up. And like, I think you said this and we were talking about him. That could have been his last appearance ever, right? There he is. He did the little screen thing, introducing the Rangers. They could reference him. It would totally work, but also like this story makes sense for him to be a part of it again. At some point, it made perfect sense for him to come in. And also it was in the second season that I was calling that Sinclair was in one way or another Valen because they were dropping these little, putting it all there. little pieces. Absolutely. Yep. You knew that Zathras was not going to be a one and done from a season one episode. He was going to be back and he needed to be back. Zach finally turning his back on mini packs. So excited. Was, so excited. Was so good. And in, in seeing that happen, Babylon five splitting off from earth. Jeff, you and I both called that back in season two, that it wasn't that big of a surprise. So, so all of those things were so good to see. Nothing was out of left field, but there were still lots of surprises throughout the show that were particularly good. Um, you know, there's, there are three episodes that stand out as surprises though. Okay. Over the course of the season to me, and I'll give you those three real quick. One is passing through guest enemy, which was an inane episode should have been stupid, but it was so well done and somehow it set the thematic tone for the entire season. The whole thing. You know, and it was it was just amazing. The second one to me is Gray 17 is missing, which I was expecting the worst of the worst based on what I had heard about that show. Um, and honestly, for the most part, I liked it. Goofy part notwithstanding, I really liked it. And then the third one, which was an absolute surprise to me, and you're going to be shocked when I say this, Jeff, was not an episode called A Late Delivery from Avalon. Because I thought the concept of it was a really high concept. They seeded the idea that people from history could have been taken by the Vorlons and brought back into our world at any given point. And the idea that they, they would have gone and gotten the original King Arthur and brought him in. Now, when he started talking about the Knights of the Round Table and that kind of stuff, that was a little off. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what the real Arthur would have done. But the way that that episode just turned and lost, uh, forgive the phrase, all of its magic was so heartbreaking, but it was such a surprise to me that it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Like I was tracking with it up until it's like, no, actually this is a guy on a guilt trip. And we could have, we talked about it. We're like, Arthur could have been real. And Arthur went to Avalon, but Avalon was actually the Vorlon homeworld. What a great story. And And I'm sorry. And they'd seeded the, Vorlons are angels and part of our, our history. So the idea that that actually is a carryover to redefine that, like it works. The a Vorlon being the lady of the lake. Yes. Yes. No question. And then, and then all of a sudden it's just kind of ripped away from you of like, Oh no, it's just a dude on a, on a guilt trip, 
which again, they already did that episode back in passing, passing through guest enemy, but they did it better there. Even that was an interesting take on it, but because they introduced it in this package of like, here's a great, cool, like fantasy sci-fi Babylon five concept. We no, no, it's not. No, it's not. But I'll just wrap this portion up just by saying this was a great season of television. The season was a great season of television. This is why people fall in love with Babylon five. This is what those folks who back in season two were like, Oh, the show gets so good. The show gets so good. And we're like, eh. this is why they're saying that. Stand by. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your Babylon five for the first time experience to the next level? With our exclusive Patreon, you'll get access to all kinds of cool stuff that you can only find there. Our recording notes, unedited reaction videos, an exclusive Discord community. And you can even be listed as a producer of the show. Plus, we even offer exclusive meet and greets and hangouts. You won't find this kind of experience anywhere else. Get all these amazing benefits, plus the opportunity to interact with other fans from around the world. It's being part of a huge community where everyone shares the same appreciation for Babylon 5. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Babylon 5 first. That's the number five in the word first to get access to these incredible benefits. That's patreon.com slash Babylon 5 first. We can't wait to see you there. And I get it. I think what this season showed me was the the great magic trick to to borrow on what you were saying earlier that JMS pulled and everything. He sold he sold a concept for a show that was an arc, but he had to do it in a way that the studios and everyone thought, oh, here's my syndicatable monster of the week episode, you know, sort of a sci-fi thing. And so he had to take all of season one and basically have episode, episode, episode season two, which was episode and a little bit of arc and a little bit into season three where like that messages from earth point of no return and severed dreams. Like that is one continuous episode that are also three unique, you know, and, and specific ideas that were in there. Like he played a huge trick on the world and season three is where it starts to pay off. So well done. So well done. But with that being so well done, we, I mean, Brent, let's, let's just be real right here. You know, you and I both value transparency. Mm-hmm. We're basically the authority on ranking all of the episodes within the seasons that they happened in. I mean, we've already developed the two definitive lists, one for season one, one for season two. Those are objectively correct rankings. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You can argue with them. You're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're the authorities. Let's do. We did the same for season three this whole time. Now, last time we took about an hour and a half to go through everything and kind of rework where it was. Brent, I want to make a proposal. Please do. I want to make this a little tighter for us. Jeff, you and I are of one mind, my friend. How should we do that, Jeff? So what I'm thinking is between the two of us, we're going to alternate. You can start. And each one of us can make three moves because Ooh. we're Minbari. Right. We do everything right. We play the rule of three where all of these things. So like, for example, you could say, I think that a late delivery from Avalon is the greatest episode of this season. It's the new number one. That's move number one for you. Okay. Now I can use my move to change that back. No, nah, no, nah, it's 22. 
and you can use it to move it back but we'll, or pick another one or whatever. We could use all six of our moves fighting over that one episode. <laughs> Which if we do, then we're way off base on what we thought of this season. <laughs> but yeah, so what is like we just alternate. We can each make three changes. Does that work? I think that's, I think that's fine. Um, Jeff, I don't think this segment's going to take an hour and a half at all. I don't either. Because I'm looking at the list, right? Um, Jeff, do do you have, can we pull up the list? Do you have it for our YouTube? Yeah. yeah. So if you're on YouTube, if you're, if you're an audio person right now, God bless you. You're not going to be able to see this, but if you're on YouTube, this is going to be popping up on your screen in any moment. What we should do, Jeff, is for the audio listeners, we should just do a quick rundown of the 22 episodes and where we have them ranked. Do you want to go bottom to top or top to bottom? Let's go bottom to top. Okay. So starting from the very bottom, number 22, I'll let you guys keep track of the numbers. Uh, we have a late delivery from Avalon at the very bottom. Coming up from that, Ceremonies of Light and Dark, Exogenesis, Convictions, A Day in the Strife, Walkabout at number 17, Seek Transit Vir at 16, Dust to Dust, Voices of Authority, that's the one with Chicky, uh, Matters of Honor, which was number 13, Gray 17 is missing, sliding in at number 12, way higher than most people I think would put it. Uh, Shadow Dancing in at number 11, bringing in the bottom part of the top half of the season. Passing through Gassinami at number 10, making a top 10 entry there. Interludes and Examinations at 9. And The Rock Cried Out, No Place to Hide. Messages from Earth. Ship of Tears, which was the bester episode. And then the top five. Point of No Return, Severed Dream, War Without in Part 1, Zaha Doom, and War Within Part 2, taking the top spot of the season. Now, Jeff, you said I get to go first. Can I stop you real quick? Yes. Before you dive in? Mm-hmm. Here I am. I'm full of proposals, and I promise you none of them are going to be indecent. Okay. I appreciate that. Sorry to disappoint there, but. Folks, Jeff looks nothing like Sharon Stone, just for the record. Well, not Sharon Stone from then. Maybe Sharon Stone today. Uh, no. That's not nice. That's not. I, I, was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to elevate myself on that one. <laughs> I really feel like, and I'm open to debate on this, but I feel like the war without end two-parter yep. is kind of one episode. Uh, did did it air as one episode, like kind of a TV movie, do we know? Or did it have the break? You know, I think someone did come in because we asked about that. And I, I, I think that it had the break, but it's one story. It It is one story, but the 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 only reason why I would say to keep them separate is because there is a clear distinction between the two. Number one, very much set up number two. And number two specifically was the, hey, let's go revisit Babylon Squared and show it to you from the other side. So there, that's the only reason why I would say they're different. But they really are one story. I mean, but you could make that argument for the entire show. The whole thing. I think these, though, more than anything. Yeah. They're self-contained episodes that you can't watch independent like you can't really watch the part two without part one but i can watch severed dreams without watching um point of no return okay so i i'm okay with putting them together because i think that's that's not a a a bad thing to do because if you were to you might have just said this if you were to drop into the middle of of part two without watching part one you'd be like what the heck's going on like you yeah. kind of need that. Uh, so what that means is we're only going to have 21 episodes in our season. And Jeff, here's what I'm going to ask to do, though. We have to define this. Currently, they are split. 
part two is at number one and part one is at number three. So if we're going to combine them, do they both collectively take the top spot of the season or does Zaha Doom take the top spot of the season? They both collectively take the top spot. If you ask me, that's my opinion. Okay. I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to spend a move on it. Well, uh, so I was going to say, if, if you're going to make it number three, my first move will be to move it up to number one. Okay. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's just do this then. So uh, that's going to move into our top five ship of tears. That's going to bring ship of tears back to the top five, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, we got 21 episodes of the season. Um, I'm looking at this whole thing and Jeff for my first move, I'm going to pass. I like, I like it as it is. That is a bold, bold move. Now I'm open to talking, but I'm going to take a pass on my first move. Okay. So if you have places you want to move, but I've got, I, I got to move for my first one. Okay. I am going to move walkabout. Oh, okay. So shadow dancing, we talked about this when we watched shadow dancing, but shadow dancing really changed what happened and what, or our impression of walkabout. And I, we ranked this based on what we saw when we saw it, where we thought it was a really well done metaphor with the singer and the glass where Franklin saw himself. It wasn't that. that that was, that was what the walkabout thing was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't because it turns out that's actually what shadow dancing was about. Exactly. So we had to sit through that whole thing too many times. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to move it right below exogenesis and make that our new number 19. Okay. Then for, is this my first move or my second move? Does it this pass? is your second. This well, you know, you know, this, well, we can make it your first. I'm good. Okay. With that. I'm actually going to move walk about myself. Okay. And I'm going to drop it one more spot to number 20. I'm going to drop it below ceremonies of light and dark. Cause I still like ceremonies of light and dark as an okay episode. I like walk about as an okay episode, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going into it's I'm bringing it up. Okay. All right. So for number two, for me, you know, what episode I thought was really, really good and has some impacts further than we thought was dust to dust. I really remember liking that episode a lot. It was good. Cause we got the drugs we got really the launch of Jakar on his whole, like his whole literal come to Jaquan. This, yeah, this was, yeah, he, he went, he got high. Is this the one with the elevator scene? No, that was, that was convictions. Okay. I think. Yes. Cause that was the one with the bomber was uh, convictions. Okay. So I'm going to take dust to dust. I'm going to move it up. I'm going to make it our new number 11. You're pushing gray 17 is missing back down. It was really a question of that one or passing through Gethsemane. I want everything in me wants to move gray 17 down just because of what it's supposed to be. But what it's supposed to be, isn't what it it's is. It's not what it is. It's a good episode. It really, it's a mostly good episode. Yeah. And we've seen that, but like the episode was fine. It, it was, it was a really good episode. Yeah. I, I'm done, Jeff. I'm done. You're done. I'm done. Okay. Pa hold on to it. Cause I am going to, I have one other move. Okay. And so you can hold on to that in case you want to, you can, you can, well, I still have two then I guess, but still. Didn't you move one? I moved one. So it means I oh, have yeah, two. I guess you do have yeah. two more. Look at you. You might have change at the end of this. Mm -hmm. Well, Brent, I'm going to move a late delivery from. Apple. No, you're not. I will move it back. Just so you know, wherever you move it, I will spend my last two. If I have to, cause I will override you and put it back. This is not going any further higher than where it is right now at 21. It's at 22. <laughs> Wait, what? There, <laughs> there are 22 slots for this uh for this season right i'm gonna move point of a uh, later 
Living from Avalon to number 22. We're going to combine War Without End, and we're going to have 20 episodes, and then you're just going to leave a blank at 21. Yeah. And then you're putting in a late delivery from Avalon. You know what? I rescind my entire statement. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'm going to leave it right where it is. It was so disappointing. I mean, we already talked about it, but it was so disappointing. Well, here it is. We're going to go. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one for our audio listeners. Bottom to top, a late delivery from Avalon at number 22. Literally anything else in 21. <laughs> Walkabout, Ceremonies of Light and Dark, Exogenesis, Convictions, Day in the Strife, Seek Transit Vir, Voices of Authority, Matters of Honor, Gray 17 is Missing, and Dust to Dust. Top 10 starts with Shadow Dancing. Number nine, passing through Gethsemane, interludes and examinations, and the rock cried out, no hiding place. Messages from Earth, ship of tears, point of no return, severed dreams, Zaha Doom, and number one, war without end, parts one and two. Jeff, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm looking at these, and, and those top, really those top seven episodes are such standout episodes. Big time. And then the next group of episodes are still really freaking good. And I, I think that next group really has that like, yeah, there might be some stuff you could, you could nitpick about it, but the episode, the guts of the episode are really, really good. You know? And then you get into like, Hey, these weren't necessarily the best, but I'm not changing the channel if they come on. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other ones that are like, Hey, these are good episodes still. Um, it, you know, and ranking this season. It's kind of like if you look at, oh, there's no way that that one's that low. There's no way that episode's that low or that one's that high. And it's like, yeah, but when you're ranking all the stuff you like, something has to go down. You know the dude who got last place in the 100-meter dash in the Olympics? It's still better than any, like almost anyone in the world. All but 19 people in the rest of the world, right? And that's what we're dealing with right here. Season three was the Olympic-level season of Babylon 5. I like it. So... Jeff, that is locked in stone. It is. Written in tablets to survive the ages. The definitive ranking of season three of Babylon 5. Wow. It's huge. Thus it is written, thus it shall be. And that didn't even take like an hour and a half. Pretty efficient. Look at us. Well, Jeff, I guess with that, so we have a few extra minutes. Why don't we, let, let's dive in to season three a little bit more. All right. And let's talk about... Uh, some of our characters, we always have a segment where we talk about our favorite characters from the, from the season season one, we talked about favorite characters season two. We talked about characters whose changes meant the most to us, uh, this week or this, this season, sorry, <laughs> let's talk about which characters, Jeff, you felt were either overutilized or underutilized during the season. Maybe they got more screen time than they deserved, or they just didn't get enough. What, what'd you think? Here's who immediately comes to mind for underutilized Ivanova mm. in season two. Like she was running the station, right? It was started out. She was, you know, trying to keep everything held together. She got a promotion. She was learning diplomacy. We found out she was a latent telepath. We saw the beginnings of a relationship with Talia, all this stuff. Uh, what did she do in this season? I mean, at the very end of the season, she kind of got involved, right? And in a couple of things, but it's kind of just like her job stuff, you know? And yeah, I mean, and, and, and she was the voiceover. She was the voiceover for the credits and just, there wasn't a lot for her. What about you? Who do you think was underutilized in this one? I, 
I also had a Vonova, but I did have a few others. These are more of the side characters that I would have liked to have seen more. Um, but honestly, I thought Marcus, I thought Marcus was highly underused. Like we could have followed Marcus on any of his off world adventures, off station adventures. And it had just been so fun. Um, but I also had Lanier. I really, I really would have liked to have more Lanier, but my, the one that really jumped out to me was brother Theo, right? He comes in in what the first episode, and then we get the, the, the tone setting episode of passing through Gethsemane, which focused on him. And then we didn't see him again until the end of the season, the very end when the rock was crying. Yeah. And like, and here's the thing he didn't need more. I don't even know that he needed to be in every episode. But he could have been in 10 episodes, even just like in a bit role, like they're just there. And because apparently these monks are doing something for the station, like, hey, we need this thing. Great. Have the monks do it. Like they could be the the thing that makes stuff happen. You know, when Sheridan and Delenn were trying to find the pattern in the attacks, right? Like go to your pattern, people go to your data. people. Exactly. Exactly. And let's face it, the costuming and makeup for those guys, it wasn't that expensive. So just bring them in central costuming and brown shift listen you had all those people come in that were extra mimbari you can have these guys come in and and bring that so i i did i would have liked to have seen more am i mad that they weren't there no am i okay with how it turned out sure but i think i think they could have been been used also i would have liked to see more draw yeah like the the whole thing about the the planet below and the machine that's on that great planet we still don't know a ton about that thing just yet what we know is it's been there for at least 500 years, mm-hmm. but the whole thing with Jaquan was a thousand years ago. So like that, the math isn't, isn't tracking for me. I still think that Zathras a thousand years ago built the great machine. You think he built it? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, he knows it. He just, you know, where he worked for a long time. I, you know, it's interesting. Cause like, we talked a lot about drawl and just over the last two seasons and how the, you know, the, the, the new actor who's the younger version of him and our impressions and how much he grew on us. Like I, I didn't start out loving him, but I came to love him. But I think, I feel like he and Marcus kind of fall into a similar category for me where if there was more, I think we got the perfect amount of Marcus because he's kind of the snark of, you know, like he's, he's the one bagging on the French, you know, and stuff. And, very contemporary to our time and a lot of the stuff that he says. I feel like more of him would have gotten to be too much. Whereas Drawl, he was so operatic in everything he did. It was awesome and fun because we got him a couple times. In fact, we talk about overutilized characters and I have a really hard time with that. Like who was overutilized in here? I mean, I could say Franklin easily. Because, I mean, as our community often points out, I'm incapable of giving that guy even a second look. But I, I feel like this season was really well balanced as far as, like, no one got shoved down our throats. We didn't have a Keffer like, from season two that they just had to keep shoving in our faces all the time in mm-hmm. this one. I, I can't really think of an overutilized person. I don't know if, if you oh, if I got one. someone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy that played King Arthur. Touche. Touche. I mean, he was he was in one episode and that was one episode too many. It's fully overutilized. I feel like I uh can't argue with that. I'll tell you somebody else who was underutilized. The dude that replaced Brad Dourif. Like, I want to come back to that guy. I want to see him. I want Sheridan to like have to face that. Yeah, deal with that. Want him to come in, do something incredible, save Sheridan's life or something, and Sheridan have to be like, but you're a 
filthy murderer. Oh, I'd be good. Or 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 to double down on the hey, you actually are a new person. That's what I'm saying is, is get him to buy in. Like that would be such a great story, you know, of just go through the the trial, have him save him and have him come to the realization that like, oh my gosh, people can change. Do you think we might, you know, we always hear about that like JMS lays down threads and then he picks them up but sometimes not till seasons later. Maybe that's like a season 4, season 5 episode. That'd be cool. Or again, I think that Gethsemane as a whole, including that character, was really just like that's letting us know. Remember that guy you thought was a bad guy back in season one, Jakar? Yeah, it turns out he's Jesus. Also, remember that guy you thought was a lot of fun and had a silly hairdo? Yeah, it turns out he's Darth Vader. All right, well, let's do this. Let's move into this, okay? Um, let's talk about storylines from the season. What storylines did you love and which ones did you kind of not love? at all and i'm gonna separate because here in just a moment when we're done jeff i want to talk about specific moments so don't confuse storylines with moments okay my favorite story oh my gosh this is this is hard uh because two come to well three quite a few come to mind (laughs) there's just a lot of really good ones in this one but i'm going to tell you the best one that was almost the most shocking for me and that's the best it's bester's storyline oh so good and not only am I saying in season three, but Bester from season one, like back when he showed up in Mind War to now, just the arc that he's been through. And I think it was, I think it might've been Dust to Dust where I first brought up. I'm like, I I kind of think Bester might actually, like, I think they are the bullies to Bester. He's not the villain. I think he's the, they're the villain to him. And then he kind of came in and showed that. And I just thought, I, I, I thought it was really really well done i loved the bester stuff i actually have that as one that i hated really really but for a reason why though because i liked the story so much that it really made me mad when we needed him the most they didn't call on him at all or even mention him right so that's i mean that's something so we talk about the monks not being utilized bester not being utilized people not be like resources that we have draw in the great machine resources we have not being utilized very well in the war so far but you know but what oh, you didn't say what you liked what 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 did you like what did you oh, love you know what i mean there's a reason it's the number one episode of the season going back to the whole war without end storyline picking up sinclair as uh an ambassador on minbar he's leading the rangers all the way through to turns out he is valen which I'm sorry, I still like. I was looking just the other day at the picture of him when he steps out as a Mimbari. I'm like, I don't see Michael O'Hare under that makeup at all. I just don't. Like, you could show me that picture, I wouldn't have known it was him. You could have said, This is Valen, and I would have been like, Cool, we're getting a flashback. Uh huh. Yeah. That's it. And, and you could have shown me a picture of here is Valen with these two angel wispy dudes before I ever knew what those were. And I would have just been like, Yeah, that's Valen, and there's something weird behind him. Yep. There's the flashback thing. Yeah, that's you go. exactly what I th- would have thought that was. Uh, but the being able to go through the story of Babylon Squared, but look at it from the other side, it's that's just a great way to do a story. It's a super creative way. Um, it's not the only time I've ever seen something like that happen, but every time I do, if you do it in a good way, it, it's just good TV. Well, I've never seen it done two seasons later. Right. Like you see, it's like this episode is this. The next episode is the other person's point of view. This is two seasons later, whole new cast of characters, massive context changes. Like it was, it took that really exciting episode from the first season and just like, yeah, you thought this was cool. 
look at all this stuff over here. While, while you were looking over here, look at what was going on over here. Like it, it was, it was so good. And then just from a touching standpoint, Jeff, I have fully enjoyed the very slow play of the Sheridan Delenn relationship. Yep. Very well Even done. right up until the video that Sheridan left for Delenn in Zaha doom, where he's like, look, I don't want to be back with my wife. I want to be with you and I love you and I want to stay here with you. And I, I love this relationship that has developed between Delenn and, Sher- and Sheridan. And, and I think I love it because it was done slow and naturally, and it wasn't forced. It was very much. Um, and, and I think all the other subtexts that and sub stories that led to it, we talked a lot about like when Sheridan talked to his dad and they just wouldn't say, I love you. And then in the ceremonies of light and dark, when, and when Sheridan's like, yeah, so I kind of dig you a little bit. Like I like spending time with you. Couldn't say it. But in that moment, in that video where he's like, I love you, Delenn. Yeah. Because of those other missteps that became that much more powerful, which was a good counterbalance to the less powerful first second kiss. (laughs) Or was it the first? Or the, or third. the third? Yes. <laughs> it's a, I can't do time travel and I really can't do math. All I know is that both people had first kisses in different times. Right. So right. I'm out. I can't, I can't touch it. <laughs> was there a story you, you, you couldn't stand? Was there anything in there you just really I mean, into? Yeah. Uh, Franklin's walkabout. Yeah. I thought it was just awful. Like it, it had, it had some potential. I liked the way it ended everything else leading up to the way it ended. Like I would have been fine if it was the lounge singer, I would have been fine if it was what Superman three or Superman two, two where Mm -hmm. Franklin is coming up against himself and he's, he's, he's crap talking himself and then egging himself on. Yeah. And what it meant even better because death Walker was in Superman two. And so that could have brought the Dilgar back in. Yes. I love it. That would have been, and then the Toth comes back in and we're all good to go. Beats are down. Yes. Yes. Original Toth, by the way. Yes, but uh, I would have been fine with either one of those, but having one completely negate the other good call on the ranking of dropping one because it recontextualized it. Uh, I think that's I think that's really uh, I think that's really smart. I'm glad you said it because that was what I had as mine. And as soon as I said, oh, the Franklin is my least favorite story. People have been like, you can't see Franklin for anything. You just hate him. No, it was not a good story arc and it had the potential to be. I really think if they had finished it with walkabout and then gone through just the, this sounds so clinical, but to go through the mechanics of his withdrawals and his DTs and then finding help. Oh my gosh. That would have been a much better use of everything and ended in that same place, right? Where he like, where he's being cool to people and trying to, yeah, let me help you be better. I think if he had gone through the walkabout, had the experience he had with the girl and realized who he was, and then if he was still out for several episodes, maybe he's in a rehab clinic and he's going through all those DTs instead of being curled up in a, in a corner somewhere, he's actually in a spot where he's actually getting help. That would have actually been, I think, been more interesting to me. Also look at Brent forcing star Trek into oh, having, having things like substance abuse treatments and mental health treatments. What a star Trek dream. <laughs> I can't believe I got a buzz for that. Jeez. Franklin had to break the rules, break the law to open a clinic down and down below, ultimately for his underground railroad thing. Uh-huh. You think they've got, well, they have probably like a Betty Ford clinic thing for like the upper brass to go through, but. Or uh, he doesn't have to stay on Babylon five. He could go somewhere. He could be on another world. 
He'd go to Minbar, right? Yeah, go somewhere. They're all about that stuff, I'm sure. Jump gate back to Earth, and let's see him on Earth. Oh, oh, Jeff, what could have happened if Franklin would have gone back to Earth for rehab, and all of a sudden he's getting involved with Earth First? Uh, what what is that? Home Guard is trying to recruit him, and maybe he runs into something with Psychor in the shadows back on Earth, and and you know because of his situation being back on Earth something opened up and I, you know, here I am trying to rewrite JMS's masterpiece of season three and I'll, I'll let it stand and not redo that for him. I was going to say, even just go back to earth and run into his dad and have to have that moment moment of like, dad, I'm, I'm an addict. Yeah. I'm sick. And, and like really, you know, break a lot of that stuff that we saw in, in Gropos back in season two, that, that would have been cool, you know, and then had him come back or whatever. But I will tell you the one thing about the whole walkabout thing that I did appreciate. I did appreciate that his whole recovery wasn't wrapped up in 42 minutes. Same. So, you know, while it, you know, if JMS is ever listening to this and I don't, I don't know that he is. I doubt it. He's like Star Trek guys watching my show. I, I don't know. I hope he is because you know what, Jeff? you and I are growing and we're changing and I hope he's around for this journey that you and I are on. Uh, but I've, I've very, I very, like, I don't want you to misunderstand that. I'm saying that those pieces were bad. I'm just saying, uh, or that you should have, you should have written it like this. Like, no, I'm not. I, no, no, no. You're the writer. You write it how you want to. I did like that. It wasn't just wrapped up in one episode though. All right, Jeff, let's talk about, moments individual moments now this is a much broader concept um and this could be your top three moments and or i'll give it an and or either one your letdowns top three letdowns from the episode or from the season you could go either way what you got i have two definite top moments immediately that come to mind one that big old hologram of sheridan floating in the sky declaring independence from earth there it is yeah oh my god not only was it a great speech not only was it a cool visual right but like it was so earned we talked about it a couple times here in this in this wrap-up already the seeds were planted back in season two we put those pieces together and when it happened i think i shared in severed dreams like my wife was like over and the other thing and when he gave that speech she was like whoa whoa whoa." (laughs) like even she was impacted by that. Like that was, that was incredible. Yeah. The other one that was huge, of course, was Sinclair, like the moment when like Sinclair is Valen. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, the way they did it was like where Marcus just kind of looks up. He's like, oh, I, whoa. And then we got the reveal and it was one, it was validating because I predicted it, but also it was just so awesome. Cause again, it was seated all the way back in season one. Right that we were going, you know, so, oh yeah, those, those are the two that immediately come to mind for me. One of my letdowns though, I'll say one of my letdowns was Veer. I feel like, and, and, and I am, let me just say, I am confident this is part of his growth and his arc as a character, but I think we came into season three with a growing Veer. Yeah. Growing in his confidence, in his strength, and he lost a lot of his edge. We really saw that in Seek Transit Veer. And that's that's one of the reasons that I didn't care for that episode so much is it, it, it undercut a lot, in my opinion, undercut a lot of the development that we've seen from him so far that I'm confident we will see payoff later. But also just in this moment of this season, like I just I just think back to season two in um, when he went into Mor- got in Morden's face. Was that uh, Shadows of Zaha Doom? 
I think where he did the little wavy thing and, you know, I want to see your head on it. was. It, like, that's, and, and then in that episode too, he stood up to Sheridan, right? So he's standing up to Sheridan. He's standing up to Mr. Morden. And then we got him like cucking to some female Centauri that he didn't even, hadn't even met before all of a sudden. It's like, oh, really? That's kind of a letdown. I have hope, very high hopes for where that's going to go. But in the moment, that was a big letdown for me. I also liked, I can keep going on the stuff I liked, but the dad stuff, right? So Sheridan talking to his dad. Oh, love that scene. But also the other side of that where Kosh through Jakar's drug and, you know, infused haze had him talk to his dad when he was there. And then again, using Sheridan's dad when Kosh was like, I'm getting beat down this is like it was just a really cool through line of like that power of that that relationship okay i'm gonna let you what, what were some of the moments that you you were big for you yeah so um i also had the the babylon five breaking away so well i won't rehash that um but i i have two londo and well actually all of my moments involve londo and jakar okay the the best moments of the show are londo and jakar do you agree all the time yes yeah it's the show because right, it's it is Londo. So all three of mine, all three of mine are Londo and Jakar. Uh, first of all, Londo and Jakar in an elevator. Londo and Jakar in an elevator. Living it up when I'm okay. I can't do that because that's yeah, not cool. Anyway, not cool. um, that scene where where we've sat back for a whole season through season two, going, we need to get these two guys together in a room again because they're magic and we've been missing it. I feel cheated because they're not in the same room to be able to to get that back and just see how great those two are where where andre katsoulis is sitting there not even saying a word to londo when all of this is going on and he just starts laughing at him and he's like we're gonna die and i'm gonna watch you die and i love it and then suddenly they get rescued and he's like no it's so good it's so good uh my other one is the death of rifa Oh yeah. Where Londo and Jakar, where, where it turns out this was a planned subterfuge between Londo and Jakar. No, so that means they've been having conversations some way, somehow unbeknownst to us, which is awesome. And I need to know. And awful. And awful. And awful. That's just cruel to like, keep them away from. And it's cool to, yeah, right. Right. So, but that, I mean, that whole scene of the death of Rifa intercut with the the gospel singer and and how londo is just like i played you like a fiddle also i played veer like a fiddle but i had to but i played uh it was just and jakar is just like get him leave his face make sure they find this data crystal and let's go <laughs> you know, go to town um although i will say the narns still have a goofy way of attacking people just this, this arm like haymakers going at all. <laughs> you know what I want to see? So it was it was beautiful the way they intercut that beat down with the gospel song. I want to see somebody cut that together with Dr. Dre and Ice Cube's natural born killers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, internet, do your thing. Yeah, do your thing. Send it to us at Babylon5first at gmail.com and we will put it on the channel. 100%. Yes, we'll credit you everything. everything. Like we'll get we'll yeah. put it on the channel. It probably won't be able to be monetized unless we can get the creator feed for it. That would be cool. I'm also pretty sure neither Dr. Dre nor Ice Cube nor JMS are going to be happy about all those things coming together. But it's going to be But great. the rest of us will be. So <laughs> I don't yeah, why, why don't you think JMS wouldn't love that? That'd be dope, man. Have you heard the song? <laughs> yeah. 
It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Actually, I love it. So my final my final moment that I'm going to put in is as a top three moment: Londo and Jakar. Londo and Jakar's death scenes mm. or death scene, where you know Londo's like, "Hey, actually, I'm good. I've put this Watcher dude to sleep, and I need some redemption." And oh, Jakar, time to come kill me! And then all of a sudden, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> For the folks listening at the uh, on the audio thing, Jeff just put a watcher on his shoulder growing out of his neck but you know and the watcher wakes up and all of a sudden he starts it's like that whole moment which is has been seated since the gathering at least midnight on the firing line when londo said my vision is we're going to kill each other or we'll both die with our hands around each other's necks uh seeing that come to fruition it was and knowing that like something has to happen between the Londo and Jakar characters on some sort of a redemption or reconciliation, at least to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's a full reconciliation, but you know, to, to at least a certain degree. uh, Yeah. It was, it was a highlight of a moment for me. And like you said, it was seated at the very beginning, reminded us in season two, and then we got to see it in season three, like boom, boom, boom. Uh, a couple of letdowns. You mentioned Veer. I'll mention Veer here. Um, I thought his return to Babylon 5 was very wishy-washy. His demotion. Yeah. Um, we watched him get promoted to an ambassador and kind of really doing pretty good, uh, despite Londo's constant interference. But then to just demote him back, like, that was that was disappointing. That was a letdown. Like, And now he's just right back where he was. Like... It, it it didn't feel like it served the character of Veer at all. Right. Um, I understand you want to get him back on Babylon 5 because he's a part of the cast, but I just, I don't feel like that. I, I don't understand that thread and that storyline of why take him away in the first place only to bring him back and do something like that. I know people out there are clacking their keyboards right now. Just you wait. Please don't, please don't. Well, because I think it's, it's a couple things. One, like we had assumed when he got the job that, that Stephen first got a different job also right so hey yeah go film your sitcom or go do your broadway play or whatever and will this and then maybe that fell through so it's like oh okay well we'll bring you back in mm-hmm. maybe he needed that minbari ex- exposure to yeah to be that thing that pops up later in the future or whatever but i, I agree it was just like oh great thing this happened nope you're back and nothing has changed also i'm going to beat you down worse than i've ever beat you down before um yeah just not didn't feel good I, another major letdown for me, we've already mentioned it at one point, when we realized that the lounge singer in Walkabout was not the thing of Franklin's Walkabout, was not the come up, like, was not that yeah. fulfillment. I actually liked that way better than I did what we got of, I'm going to see a vision of myself and talk to myself for a while. Although that was very compelling. That was a very compelling scene. But the the metaphor of what's going on with the lounge singer, I thought could be there. I will say, though, the one thing I didn't understand how what happened to her at the end would have translated to his walkabout thing. But I, I, I wish that was just that could have been a little more clear. Well, th- this is how you do that, right? So her thing at the end is she had an actual medical condition. She's in med lab. Remember, we're like, how'd she get in med lab all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? But you just take that awesome scene where Franklin went to help the the other doctor or the nurse with cauter, the cauterizer, you change that up a little bit where he's there looking at her. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And this, that, and the other. And he looks over and he sees the person doing something. He's like, 
hey, let me help you with this. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you could have told the whole story with that lounge singer act. And I feel like I feel like it would have been it would have been a more beautiful metaphor than just blatantly saying, here it is. And and hey, by the way, that that hey, so I'm I'm over the addiction right now, or I'm even more committed to being over this addiction. So now I'm gonna check myself into a rehab back on earth. Where, by the way, we're going to find out something when we're back over there while he's going through his DTs and all that sort of stuff. So, like, it it, it just, it was a letdown uh, because, uh, you know what it was, Jeff? JMS didn't meet my expectations. How dare he? I know, right? Who does he think he is? Right? Um, and then the, the final one, and again, this is absolutely not meeting my expectations, but it didn't meet yours either. The whole King Arthur thing. The reveal that he was not actually King Arthur, but he was somebody else. He was the gunner. Um, and I don't want to take away from that story. Cause I think that was, that's an interesting story of like, what is the guilt of the guy who dropped the bomb on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? What's he feel like? Like, that's what we're talking it's about. It's a here. real thing where they put it, how they couched it was such a letdown for what it could have been. You know, what else was a disappointment early in the season that almost made me worry about the season. Yeah was hearing the bomber's motivation back in convictions, right? Remember remind that when he's me. just like, yeah, remind so me. the guy's blowing up, he's literally blowing up Babylon five. And he's like, yeah, people were mean to me in high school. Right. It was that I got evicted from my apartment. And it's just like, and again, like we're looking through different lenses, but it, I, I remember being into that episode. And then that moment came, I'm just like, Oh, ri- ri- mm, mm-hmm. ri- really? Really? Right. And one more honorable mention on stuff. We loved that moment that split second when Zach turned on security guard guy and got all the night watch people trapped in the thing as he dove through the door as it closed. That was awesome. Peak Zach. Jeff, I want to do something. I'm going to okay. pull a surprise on you because this is not in our show rundown. All right. All right. Cause I've got, I've got, I've been hiding something from you. Oh, great. But right now, just, just go with me on this okay. right now. It is time. For giveaway number two. What? Yes. No. Let's go. We are giving away another Star Fury. I want to give away two. Another Star Fury, Jeff. Somebody who wrote in a review who has not won yet before on any of our uh, uh, deals. This bad boy can't stay on my shelf back there. I've got to give it away. Who am I giving it to, Jeff? Oh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, Username on the review is Adam Paz. This is Adam Pastore. He's on our Patreon. We oh, talk to him on the Patreon all the sweet. time. So Adam, you don't even have to email us. Just hit us in the in the Discord or on Patreon. Yeah, just let us know where to send it. We will get it to you, Adam. Thank you so much. What was Adam's re- review? Do we remember? Do you have it pulled up like right uh, there? I do, I only have the names and stuff here. Gosh, so. Jeff, I can I can get it no, though. Okay, Give it. Okay, sorry. Don't worry about it. I've got links to things. Yeah. I can pull it up. That's cool. But. Th- Thank you for that. That's cool. I just that's cool. That one makes me have Adam's super cool guy. Yeah, yeah. I just obliterated a later section in our notes, but that's okay. There's a plan. Oh, great. I'm- um, now I am actually going to pull something out that is not in our notes, but I do want to go to it before we step into the next section, Jeff. Okay. Uh, and we've done this in each of the prior up uh, prior season wrap ups, and we should do it here. Coming out of season three, we're wrapping up season three at this point. What are some of the big questions? you have coming out of this season what are the things rolling around your head what happened to sheridan i mean that that's the question i mean we can dive into a couple other things i I still have questions around 
God, I mean, just really that whole last scene in in in, uh, in Zaha Doom, right? With with Sheridan going down into the Sarlacc pit, the shadows that were just converging onto Babylon Five, just 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 piecing out, and like you know where are they and Garibaldi, like what's going on with with Garibaldi and and his whole thing. I it's fascinating now that I think about it because at the end of season two, I was all about like, gosh, I want to know what's going on on Earth. This whole storyline, I'm so satisfied at this point with never hearing about earth again, like just let, let them blow it themselves up. And Babylon five becomes the army of light or whatever it is. And, uh, and let that run where, yeah, I have questions about earth, but like for me, so many of the questions are wrapped up in that Zaha, the end of Zaha doom. I'm definitely with you on, you know, what happened to Sheridan when he jumped down that big old hole, I've got questions about the motivations of the shadows. Like, are those the real motivations that we got? Actually, this might, this question might encapsulate most of my questions. Is is that real? Were, was Morden and his friends really telling us the truth about the shadows? Do they really feel like that conflict is the best way to drive evolution of the other? And, and this is really altruistic on their part. So we also sh- saw the vision of the future. And are we really going to destroy the shadows, but we're going to leave their min- the minions and what was the other word they used? Dark, dark agents dark or agents something. agents and minions, like something like, like that. What are these guys? What's happening there? That's a new thing for us. And is this whole scene with Londo as the emperor and the thing on his neck and him and Jakar, is that really going to come to pass? Because we know that the future may not be the future. Well, that was Sheridan's whole theory. Hey, I'll go off to Zaha Doom and that'll make sure none of this stuff happens. Cause I single-handedly on my own decided that and took action for some yeah, reason. And that me going to Zaha Doom is not what actually makes all this happen. Even though it probably is. It probably but. is. Right. Exactly. Um, and then honestly, Jeff, this one comes a lot from you for me. What is the role of David in the story and what, what's he going to be? Um, I need to know if Marcus and Ivanova are ever going to get together. That's a, that's a thing. I still have a lot of question marks about the political status of uh, Babylon five. And then, you know, we got this info, right? Was it at the end of season two or the beginning of season three? I don't remember, but we saw a scene where we're on earth in a Senate person's office mm-hmm. and there's Mr. Morton and there's Sycor representatives and there's the Senator. And we're like, they're all in, in cut boots together. And um, they just sort of dropped that. And why are the shadows involved with Psychor if Psychor is supposed to like hurt them? But we also know that they were using those people to power their ships because they make better connections, I guess, or something. Or something. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of dangling pieces there. Um, and then and then honestly, the whole the whole Bester thing. What's he gonna do? Because there was lots of opportunity for him to return and he didn't. Yeah. Now that may have been more Walter uh uh Koenig's schedule and not being able to come back and JMS had to ride around it or it just could be they didn't they didn't write him in but those are those are I think my major questions uh that I'm looking for here in the remaining two seasons Jeff we're down to two seasons I know yeah we're getting there like the light the light's small but it's definitely on at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. it's getting bigger it's getting bigger all right, Jeff. Well, I guess as we look at season wrap ups and, and where we are, uh, that's going to kind of do it for us here uh, for our main discussion of the third season. So this is a spot where we look at, does it have any of that Star trek quality to it? Is there a deep moral message or is it holding up a mirror to society, giving us hope that we can be better in the future? Jeff, 
this is where we'd normally rate it on a scale of zero to five deltas and zero to five star furies. Mm-hmm. You made a proposal earlier. May I make a proposal? I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot about this. Please make sure it's not indecent. That's kind of our tacit now, now not so tacit agreement. This is a proposal that is very decent. And I okay. think this may be a proposal that pleases so many of our listeners and oh, wow. JMS. If you are listening, I think this proposal may please you quite a bit. Okay. Jeff, the show has grown. Babylon five has grown as a show. Yes. Along with the show, we have grown as the show has gone on its arc. You and I on our journey have gone on our own arc as Star Trek veteran podcasters into, I think the word you used was nascent Babylon five podcasters. And as we have discussed before in some recent episodes, the show, we kind of seem to be moving on this path. The show isn't Star Trek really at all. The more we discover things, the Babylon five really is kind of its own thing. But it does do that sci-fi thing where it there is at times a moral and a message, and it does hold up a mirror to society. And it's just not very Star Trek at all in how it does it. In fact, it's very Babylon 5, and it does it in its own Babylon 5 way, but it is still holding up that mirror. It's doing that thing that we think Star Trek does really, really well and, and that all sci-fi should be doing, um, but it's just doing it so much in its own way. So I want to make a suggestion. Okay. I want to suggest that right now we jettison, we stop, we cease. We have given out our final Delta and our final star fury for rating episodes. Okay. Okay. I think I know where you're going. And I suggest that from now on, we only give out Delta furies. If I may. Oh, yes. All about it. I think it's, we've talked about Babylon five seeding this natural progression of things. And it has just like sci-fi grandma said in their review, we have grown and changed. Like you said, and what, like three out of the last five, some odd episodes we've dropped Delta furies in because here's this incredible star Trek message told in a way only Babylon five can do it. Makes total sense. And I would even say it's not even a Star Trek message. Like it's not something that Star Trek would even tackle. Right. And Babylon 5 is tackling it. It's the sci-fi message, right? And I and I, and I think that's where people have gotten hung up in the past. It's not Star Trek. You can't compare it to Star Trek. Well, we, we're not. We've just labeled it that way. And what you're saying, and I think if what you're saying is what I think you're saying, then I agree with, is it's time we just shed that label altogether and just say, here's, here's what Babylon 5 is saying. Yeah, and... You know, the, the Delta Fury, it's, it's doing the message in a Babylon five way. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Jeff, I'm going to give it to you. How many Delta Furies do we give season three? Passing through guess how many set the tone for this season. We've talked about that since it, that was the third episode. Fourth, was that the third episode? Fourth. fourth episode. Take that people who say Brent doesn't remember anything. Right. Seriously. You know, whose mind is a steel trap right now. It's Brent Allen's. That's who I'm good with numbers. It's good. I'm not at all. But the, the theme of this has been forgiveness and redemption. That's been the theme of this entire season. And it played out in one of the final scenes, right? When Sheridan who took it upon himself to go and solve this problem, redeemed himself essentially by jumping off the, 
the 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 ledge and, and going in and into the, the sarlacc pit for stuff can i just say i love that you keep calling it the sarlacc pit it's just the perfect <laughs> it's the perfect thing it's the, i love it so much but this theme carried us through everything right earth and babylon 5 bester londo and Jak- londo and jakar in an elevator right it, it was all these pieces through everything and it was awesome it was good this season more than anyone is is, is carried in babylon 5 we got the earth stuff direct ties we that were seeded in season two to 1984 like we saw that in action when chicky showed up right and was going to be their their minister of peace we got we got catholicism as a as a as a device to 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 show all this stuff and and we got zathras we got zathras again in this one i'm having a hard time not giving this five delta furies good season jeff and I think that's what I'm going to give it, Brent. This is a five Delta Fury season. I mean, the only thing I can say bad about it is the King Arthur thing. But that even fit within the message. Exactly. Because he got forgiveness. Like, if you take that episode, as awful as it was, and you look at what it was saying and what it was doing. And, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. Didn't we give it a five Delta yeah. uh-huh. rating? Yeah. yeah. I think so. And we should, if we didn't, we should have. Because... That message of forgiveness and that moment with Delenn and the sword that was just dumb, but so powerful at the uh-huh. same time. Just so well done. Yeah. I'm five Delta Furies. Yeah. It's, it's a great episode or a great season. And, uh, it gave us messages, messages that honestly only Babylon five could do it or Babylon five would tackle. And it did it in a way that only Babylon five could do. So totally. I dig it. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Brent. I've been keeping a secret. This is a lot of secrets you're dropping out of nowhere. I know. I know. I'm not just bam, 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 bam. I've got you. Right. I don't do well. I do very well with structure. Yes. Just- yes. Welcome. Welcome to my world. This is into <laughs> the, into the brain of Brent Allen. So we gave away a couple of these, uh, these star furies. Mm-hmm. I actually have two more. What? What would you say if we gave away not two star furies, but four star furies in today's season three wrap up all thanks to our good friend wash i love it oh my gosh i love it let's do one more we'll save the fourth one for the end of the show all right let me hit my little guy here oh this is an old one. Oh yeah because anybody who sent in a review who hasn't won yet is eligible right yeah nice yeah this one goes back so this one is from janice fourth What's up, Janice? Left us a uh, review on Apple Podcast that was titled A Voice in the Wilderness. So Janice Forth, I hope you're still with us. I hope you're enjoying everything that we've done, but welcome to Star Fury number three. There you go. Email us to Babylon 5 first. That's the number five and the word first at gmail.com. Uh, send us in your email, your email address. No, send us in your mailing address and we will send you out one of these uh, Star Furies. This is cool. I love this. This is, this is, isn't it fun? It's exciting giving stuff like this away. Another huge shout out to Wash. I mean, you've given him a couple, but I want to do it again. Just his generosity of time and everything that he does to do this. It's super cool. But Brent, Jeff, we're done with the third season. <gasps> are we? We are. We're done. We've, done we've officially wrapped season three. Have. And the fourth season that we're going to dive into next week has, you know, these seasons all have titles, like right? overarching titles to them. And the fourth one is called No Surrender, No Retreat. 
Now, you and I, Brent, we like to play a game where we don't look ahead at anything. We just look at the titles of these things. And so the title here, No Surrender, No Retreat, is the fourth season. What are your thoughts on, what are your predictions on what the fourth season is going to bring us? What I'm trying to decide right now, Jeff, is does the shadow war come to a conclusion in season four or does it last all the way through season five? Okay. Again, narrative arc being what it is. We're now entering the falling action of the narrative arc. This is, this is, so we've hit this, this high point where we've blown everything up. Now we, now it's got a, it's got to start kind of coming down. It doesn't mean you're, you're getting lesser quality. It just, things have to start turning. And things could go bad for a while, but it's going to, it's going to eventually turn good. So no surrender, no retreat. I think this has to be that, uh, the army of light is gaining. I think by the end of the season, they have to gain the upper hand, if not outright win. But I think as a part of the following action, uh, there's pro- like from the, the thing that Sheridan has done, there's going to be this bump for them, mm-hmm. but then it's going to go down and it's going to get really bad. And they're going to have to make this, this deal of no surrender, no retreat. We're going to stay the course. We're going to stay, we're going to dig in our heels. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. And by the end of the season, like I said, if they, if they don't win outright, it, it's going to be a turning, like the final episode is going to be a turning point towards the win is my guess. I think that's what the season's about. It's like the great sacrifice that Delenn mentioned in the future where she's like, we, we, we made this amazing thing, but at such great and terrible sacrifice, mm-hmm. we're going to see that. And that's your thinking. Yeah. And somehow we have to get Sheridan back from out of that hole. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen there. Oh, well, maybe he's wearing Beskar armor and he can just climb just out climb back out or, or 12 for the, for, for Mando. Although if Mando would have just waited for a while, he could have been, you know, gone out the other end. <laughs> Well, it takes a thousand years to go through that process in a Sarlacc. I don't know if you, I mean, seriously, Brent, how do you not know that? Yeah. Um, veteran Star Trek podcaster here, not Star Wars. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So I think this ended with Jakar telling us that the war has paused. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting choice of words. So I think that this season is generally going to cover three very big overarching stories that are going to overlap, but they're going to kind of happen in this order. First, we're going to see in this pause, Babylon 5 building its forces and maybe aligning the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, right? So they're all aligned now, and they're going to be aligned um, in a new alliance, maybe called Babylon or the Federation Light. Or the Federation, Federation? right? (laughs) But I, I just hope desperately they don't call it the Army of Light. That would be, I'm ready to move past past that name well you know this this brought to you by the same organization that brought to you pain givers true that's very true right (laughs) (laughs) oh man i've blocked out so much of that episode (laughs) thanks for bringing it back second story is going to be earth and i think the earth is going to just openly be like yep we're in league with the shadows um and to quote megadeth brother will kill brother and we're going to have outright war between this Babylon alliance and Earth. So not so much the shadows, but Babylon and Earth. Yes. Wow. With the shadows on Earth's side. Sure. Which leads to that third big story, which is the shadows, right? It'll lead to the ultimate showdown. The granddaddy of them all in this corner, Babylon. And in this corner, the shadows. Let's get it on. And I think that the season four is going to end not with the 
I think it's going to be that turning point where like we're at war, things are not going great, but then the season ends with oh, this thing happened. And then season five is going to be that, that conclusion that brings everything together. I dig it. Well, now let's do the episode. Oh, so I got to do two of these. Oh, Jeff. These are rough episodes for us. And speaking of next week, yeah, we're watching the first episode of season four. Let's do it. It's called the hour of the wolf. Like I said, all we know is the title of this one. So Brent, what is your prediction for what hour of the wolf is going to be about? I feel like I've heard this phrase before. Mm -hmm. You probably have. Um, I'm trying to remember what it means. Uh, okay. Here's what, here's what I know just based on season two and season three. The first episode is not a, what, what's JMS call them? A wham episode. It's, it's not this big, like, boom, welcome back. We pulled out all the plugs for the, for the premiere. It's going to be a very mild. Um, this is a week after the last episode ended and we're kind of figuring out what's going to happen now that all of that's going on. I don't think we're going to see Sheridan in this episode. Like okay. if we see him, it's going to be in the final shot and he's waking up in the bottom of that pit or something mm. of that nature. Like it, it's, it's, he's going to just, it's his eyes opening. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, that's where he is. And you know, they're trying to figure out what life was like without Sheridan. You know, maybe Ivanova gets promoted to captain of the station or, well, I guess who would, who would promote Ivanova? If something happens to Sheridan, who promotes promotes Ivanova? I don't know. Cause it, cause at first I think Delenn, right. But she's not over the station. She's over the Rangers. Right. I don't know herself. I, right. That, I mean, she is the, the ranking member uh, on, uh, on the station. So she declares herself Lord captain commander. Just cover it all. <laughs> His majesty herself. Yes. That is a reference to queen Hatshepsut, the first female Pharaoh of Egypt. Anyway. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. I think this is a very low key, they're figuring out what to do without Sheridan and oh, I wish I could know what this hour of the wolf thing is. I feel like it's like, isn't it like it's something that happens like two, three o'clock in the morning and it's an hour. Where all the bad stuff happens. It's where people, the most people die during this hour. It's where like in movies and stuff, that's where they, there's the witching hour that happens, but then the hour of the wolf is where I call the bad, the bad stuff, stuff happens. happens. Yeah. So I, I feel like they're they're dealing with a lot of that, but a lot of it is just figuring out Sheridan, and then we see Sheridan, his eyes open or something, you know, uh, at the in the very last shot of the episode. Hour of the Wolf is also a very intense Ingmar Bergman film from like the early seventies. is a classic, really good one. It's got Max von Sydow in it or Sydow in it, and so Sydow is this artist who has gone missing. And is being psychologically tormented. And it's, so it's kind of about the torment he's going through and people looking for him. And so I think in this one, we're going to have people going out to look for Sheridan, right? They're going to put together search parties, you know, go see if they can find any evidence of what happened to him. And then we're going to go through and we're going to see Garibaldi in his star Fury in the shadow, who's going through whatever torment that is to be inside of a shadow to kind of set up his story, you know, and, and what he's going through heading in after, uh, after Sheridan. And we're going to find out next week. Yes. Hey, Brent, you know what time it is? What time is it? 
It's our regularly scheduled time for the giveaway that we've oh. already given three away. Yeah, let's do number four. Let's get it. So we've got number four now. Oh. Ooh, I like this one. This one's just fun to say. Yeah. I'll tell you, there was one I was rooting for just so I could say their name. They didn't come up, but this one's still fun to say. It's Trekkie Trey the Trekker. Yeah, I think he's one of our patrons as well. Really? I'm pretty sure he's one of our I patrons. I feel like it, yeah. if they're not, if you are, and I don't, and I'm like, oh, you're a patron, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I feel like we've been talking to him in Discord lately. Okay. Yeah. Well, Trekkie Trey the Trekker uh, in their review shared some of their Babylon 5 story and how, uh, how it impacted their life. So Trekkie, if you are... A patron on our Discord, hit us up, DM us, whatever, and tell us your address. Otherwise, email us at Babylon5first at gmail.com. Dig it. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us for our Season 3 wrap-up. Don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you're listening or watch us. And, hey, we just proved that on top of the cool value of getting your, your review read here on the podcast, you're going to be put in for drawings and really cool stuff. So go out there. Leave your rating, leave your review, and Brent, until next time. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. So um, we changed from Deltas and Star Furies to just Delta Furies and kind of moving away from the whole Star Trek thing. Are we going to keep riffing on that old Vulcan quote uh, at the end of our episodes? We haven't talked about this yet. We haven't. You know, I think, I think we're kind of off of that now. You know, I mean, we've been doing it for quite a while. Instead, what do you say we riff on an old Narn quote? Oh. Oh, yes. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> no, um, it's the one that Jaquan wrote. Uh-huh. Honestly, it sounds like it could have come from Star Trek somewhere at some point, except it's not. It's totally from Babylon 5 and Jaquan. No one knows the shape of the future or where it will take us. I like it. It's my first time.